Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, a time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien while she's away. Today I'll be sharing some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that means oneness, union, or unity, the bringing together of our attention and awareness with our essential spiritual nature to be restored to our original wholeness. Many people today associate the term yoga with exercise. Kriya Yoga is a wider system including philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. As a medical doctor and longtime practitioner of Kriya Yoga, I have found it to be a comprehensive system for enhanced well-being on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. Today, our topic is the Yoga of Sacred Conversation, and today's guest, Cecile Andrews, is a community educator with a passion for leading small groups to help change society. She's the author of Living Room Revolution, Slow is Beautiful, Circle of Simplicity, and co-author of Less is More. Cecile is active in the sharing movement, the Seattle Area Happiness Initiative, and the Transition Town Movement, all efforts to build community and sustainability. Cecile and her husband divide their time between Santa Cruz, California, where they are members of Walnut Commons Co-Housing, and Seattle, where they live in sustainable Finney neighborhood. A a former community college administrator, Cecile received her doctorate in education from Stanford University. And you can learn more about her at uh, Cecile Andrews, that's C-E-C-I-L-E, Andrews.com. Welcome, Cecile. I'm delighted that you could join us today on the Yoga Hour. Are you there? Mm -hmm. Oh, good. (laughs) Yes. Great. So, uh, before we begin to enter into a dialogue about the yoga of sacred conversation, let's begin with a moment of meditation. Om. <clears throat> let's bring our attention to this moment, which is unlike any other this precious moment of now. Let's be here, right where we are. Start by becoming aware of our Not trying to change, just noticing as we inhale 
and exhale. Cool air entering the nostrils and warm air flowing out. In this moment, let's open our hearts and our minds to the divine. One reality called by many names is the support and substance of all that is. Right where we are, right now, this divine essence is present as you, as me, as everyone. Within us, between us, and all around us. Just by being present now and noticing, we can rest in this essence of our being. We notice thoughts and feelings as they arise and as they pass away. We become aware of our essential nature beyond words and thoughts, beyond all change, beyond thought and sensation pure existence being. We feel the peace that emanates from the essence of our being. We allow it to pervade the mental field, the emotional nature, and the physical body. We abide in this peace and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. Om. Today we're exploring the yoga of sacred conversation with our guest Cecile Andrews. Once again, Cecile, welcome to the Yoga Hour. Thank you. The word yoga, as I mentioned in the introduction, means union, uh, coming together, and connecting with the sacred nature of life. Each heartfelt conversation has the potential to open the door to experiencing and expressing our authentic self, as we allow others the same opportunity to reveal their own truth. When we join together in sacred conversation, transformation becomes possible for individual lives, for our community, and for the world, which, of course, you talk about in your book, Living Room Revolution. So let's start with a basic understanding of that word conversation. What do you mean by conversation, Cecile, and how does it differ from the other ways we talk to people? Well, I think what we usually think about is is discussion, and that's what we learn in school. And so in discussion, we're usually talking about ideas and we're usually trying to win, have our idea come out on top. And in conversation, it's really about connection. And the, the, the happiness research shows that the thing that contributes most to people's well-being is connection with other people. Mm-hmm. And conversation is that, that very basic way to connect. And so... Discussion, as I say, it's usually we're trying to win and we're talking about ideas. But in conversation, we're talking, we're telling our stories, we're revealing ourselves. And what we're really doing is creating an interdependence that we need so badly in this world. And so uh, conversation is, is the natural form of, of connecting to people that, that has kind of been ignored and, and that we don't do it very much anymore. So it really needs to, to be revived. Indeed, and um, as I was reading about conversation, I was actually thinking about listening and the whole, you know, the process of listening, which is sometimes no more than waiting for a break in the conversation uh-huh. so that, you, you know, you can you can get your ideas across when we right. actually know that, you know, listening isn't that way at all. You know, we really need to be open and to really try and hear what the other person is is trying to say. Well, it's interesting about the, the listening and the kind of taking turns because I think of conversation as kind of a barn raising instead of a battle. And usually we're in a battle, but this is we're building something together. And so, you know, I always ask my, my groups that I'm talking to, you know, how do you feel about being interrupted? And 
it's kind of like if you're from an Italian background or in a Greek background or, you know, you're, you're used to being interrupted and what it does is it gives people energy. So I myself don't mind this kind of back and forth that you're breaking in because it builds this kind of certain energy. And the, the big thing with listening, I think, is, is this orientation that you, you, you really would like to know this other person and you'd really like to know what they have to say. And so, it's different people are going to do it differently. And so I myself, you know, think, oh, you sit there and, and you listen and you nod and you, you, know, you smile and you encourage the other person. Sometimes people take listening so seriously that, that you're <laughs> sitting there thinking, oh, my God, you know, they're, they're, they're just sitting there. And, and you really want this connection to happen between people. So um, I think there's different ways to listen. And sometimes... Sometimes interrupting might 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 work, so it's, it's a diff- different way of thinking about it. Oh. So, in your book, Living Room Revolution, uh, you refer to conversation as a sacred experience of everyday life. So, how is conversation sacred, and how can we cultivate that sense of the sacred when we converse with others? Well, I think it's 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 somehow you know really taking seriously conversation. In this culture, we, we don't take it seriously. We think it's kind of a waste of time. And that, you know, it's, you know let's, let's not be all talk. Let's, you know, let's get some action going here. And so we put down talking all the time. And since we're so rushed all the time in this culture, we don't have time for it. And so just starting to realize that if you really want, again, connection is what we want with life. If you really want to connect, you have to take your time. You have to move more slowly. And it's, it's, it's hard to get people to take conversation seriously. And so one of the things is that whenever I give a presentation, I never give a whole lecture. I always, after a few words, say, okay, now I'd like you to turn to the person next to you and, you know, talk about when you experience community, something like that. Well, when I do that in the beginning, people just look, they look at me with horror. Like, oh my God, she's going to make us talk. This is horrible. But I give them a really easy thing to talk about. And so everybody can say something. And then I find that after, you know, 10 minutes, I can't get their attention again. They'd like to keep going on and talking. And so one of the things is, is just to always advocate for people to have time to talk. Um, I, I think it's very difficult. It's like conversation is such a basic thing that it's kind of treasure hidden in plain sight that we don't take seriously. And I think, you know, as much as we can to talk about this is really, really important um, and that if you really want to feel alive and happy and, and energized and a sense of meaning in your life, you know, take conversation seriously. Mm-hmm. When I was reading your book, I was struck by, you know, this idea of expressing our authenticity, you know, our, our sort of, you know, deepest truth with each other and having that as part of the sacredness, you know, of conversation as sort of our willingness to, to share ourselves a bit more deeply with each other. No, that's exactly right. And it's interesting because I remember coming across this idea a long time ago and thinking, wow. You know, you want people to know who you really are because Mm -hmm. everybody wants to feel accepted. Everybody wants to feel recognized. And if you're constantly trying to give an impression of somebody you're not, you'll always have the feeling, wow, if they knew what I was really like, they might Mm -hmm. not like me. And so whenever you can to be able to express this is what you really think or feel um, makes you feel connected to the other person and it makes you feel accepted and it's freeing it's like oh you know you don't have to hide anything anymore because you're expressing who you really are and and unless you do that you don't feel like there's really a connection because it's like a connection with something that's that's not really there it's it's and so much in our our culture is is artificial that to have something that feels real which conversation can is like really really important and again um to take the risk to do that it's like totally freeing, um, and and most of us who believe in this really try to have to model it so that other people are willing to to try it because it it really goes counter to our whole culture. 
Right. So touching on that, you know, what are some of the challenges in our culture today in particular that interfere with having meaningful conversations with other people? Well, I do think this 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 artificiality that that what we care about in this culture is the image we project um, of of looking like we're successful all the time, of being number one, of winning. You know that 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 doesn't help you relax and reveal who you really are. So our acceptance and and even belief in artificiality in this culture, the the what's not real and. And then it's not surprising that the other thing is is time. We we just we just don't have time in this culture. And you know, recently in the New York Times there was this article on Amazon and how people are working so many hours and how they have to just keep their nose to the grindstone. And there was yes. so much conversation about that mm-hmm. because people realize, you know, how true it is and, and just things like you know, one of the few advanced nations in the world that, that doesn't have uh, a paid, guaranteed paid vacation. You know, we don't have guaranteed sick leave. We don't have guaranteed parental leave. And those are kind of almost kind of emblematic of our fact that we just rush through time all the time. And so, you know, you can't have a good conversation if you feel like you, you, you have to be in a hurry. So I'd, I think that artificiality and the time... Um, and and this feeling that you have to win, you know, nobody nobody wants to be in a conversation with somebody who's always winning and making you feel like you know you're the loser. But yeah. that happens so much, and particularly in our schools, that's what we learn in school to to be a winner, to have the right answer, not to talk about you know who in school from K twelve or college talks about what they're actually feeling. I mean, people would think, oh my God, what's wrong with this person? They're talking about their feelings, and yet. That's the heart of conversation, our feelings. You have ideas, too, yes, but they emerge from your own personal story. And, you know, this, this fear of revealing of who you really are gets in the way of that. So some of our conversations aren't, aren't very good. So what are some of the ways, now that we understand how important conversation is, what are some of the ways we can begin to turn things around and to revive this ancient art of conversation? Well, it's interesting. I mentioned the time policies. You know, more and more people are pushing to have a guaranteed paid vacation and things of that sort. But one of the things that that has been the most important to me is to see realize throughout history, um, it's been the small group of people coming together to talk that's really brought about social change from the, the salons in the, in France to the women's consciousness raising groups. And and what what strikes me is that that if we learn that this is a method of change, and so those of us involved in social change, bringing people together to talk, and some people like just yesterday, I was working with one of my small groups, and uh, in fact, one person said to me when she saw me doing another small group, she said, "Oh, Cecile, you're doing it again." Another small group. You must have been a sheepdog in a former life. And I remember thinking, "Yes, and." Indeed, that's, that's who I am, a sheepdog. How nice to know what your essential nature is. But that if those of us interested in social change realize that you, you transform people in this, and when people are transformed because they get to talk with others, they begin to see themselves as, as social change agents. And one of my favorite quotes from John Dewey was, democracy is born in conversation, and that, that we continue to set things up so that people can come together and talk together about things. So that's kind of my passion in life, to, to bring people together in, in small groups and uh, get them to talk. So I think that's, that's one thing that, that we could do besides you know, doing it ourselves or having radio programs like this or writing books about it. But we have to advocate for it. And, and at first, as I say, it seems like, oh, you know, she's talking about small groups, you know, big deal. But it is a big deal. And people really are transformed by this chance to talk to other people. And when they experience it, they understand it, but probably not before. And that is uh, such a great... 
uh, place to come to right before our break. Uh, you're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest Cecile Andrews, community educator and author of Living Room Revolution, a handbook for conversation, community, and the common good. You more about Cecile and her work at I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. When we come back from the break, we'll learn how to have conversations that are more conscious and convivial. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Pop culture is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as modern popular culture transmitted via mass media and aimed particularly at younger people. But can it be meaningful, spiritual even? The hosts of Pop Conscious think it can be and that it can be fun to explore too. Malena Don and Stacy Macris Ross will be your amateur cultural anthropologists examining pop culture and spirituality every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on Pop Conscious on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for the Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien. I'm joined today by Cecile Andrews, a community educator with a passion for leading small groups to help change society. She's the author of Living Room Revolution, Uh, and other books as well, Slow is Beautiful and Circle of Simplicity. You can learn more about Cecilia, I'm sorry, Cecile and Uh her books at ceceleandrews.com. So Cecile, we've been talking about promoting good conversations, and I didn't have a chance to ask you, so how did you get interested in this topic? How did you become so passionate around, you know, promoting good conversations? Well, the the big thing in my life was, was the 60s when I went to the South to work with the American Friends Service Committee on on racial, race, racism. And I went to a place, it's called Highlander, and it's where Rosa Parks had been trained. And Rosa Parks, of course, really ignited the civil rights movement in the 60s. And what they did, their whole work was devoted to bringing people together to talk they didn't bring in the experts to say, this is what's wrong, this is what you should do. They brought people together to talk. And I went there and experienced it, and it, it's like it transformed my life. It's like, oh, this is, what, this is what it's all about, bringing people together to talk. And then people begin to believe in themselves, and then they go out and make changes. And so that was one way that I became interested. The other way I became interested was what I think of as the importance of stop and chats. That as we go through our day, as many stop and chats that we can have, the better. And mm-hmm. I got that idea from Larry, from Larry David, who used to be the Seinfeld writer, Curb Your Enthusiasm, because right. <laughs> Larry David is, 
is such an old curmudgeon that he, he hates stop and chats. And so when he sees somebody, he sees somebody on the street that he knows, he'll think, oh, no. And so he'll, he'll cross to the other side of the street. And, of course, that just makes you think, wow, stop and chats really are significant if it can drive people to try to escape to the other side of the street. And so this idea, and it's again, it's like it's not what we learned is important in life, but these stop and chats as you go through your day really, really make a difference. And, again, this the, the quote that democracy is born in conversation, that as we connect with each other, as we go through the day and have these stop and chats, we're, it's like we're starting little fires all day and, mm-hmm. and, and that, that we're creating this energy. And so those, those are my two sources, one more sublime, Highlander, and then one more mundane, Larry David. But these are two of the things that really struck me as, Wow, this conversation stuff is is really important. So yes, mm-hmm. those are my those are my two sources. Great stories, great stories. So now let's turn our conversation to how can we learn to have conversations that are more conscious and convivial? So there are a couple of basic guidelines from the yoga tradition for conscious communication um, that are kindness and truthfulness. Um, We also want our communication to be clear and effective. One definition of yoga from the Bhagavad Gita is skill in action. And it's important to remember that skillful communication can also be fun. Um, when we're in touch with, uh, with our own truth, the truth of our being, it is natural to enjoy life and to have enjoyable interactions with others. So you mention in your book three basic things you like to remember when conversing with someone. What are those three fundamentals for practicing the art of conversation? Well, I, I think, again, it's somehow, somehow fighting the cultural bias and, and realizing how important it is. And maybe when a person starts out the day with, with some sort of meditation of, of reminding ourselves that, wow, you know, it's, it's conversation that we want to engage in as we go through the day. And, and part of that is, you know, what we want to do is, is grow and learn and that, that when we converse with another person, that's really the whole point of it, for ourselves to grow and learn and, and to help them grow and learn. And so those... To, to have them feel more valued, more affirmed, more understood. And, you know, really it's, it's becoming conscious of the importance of conversation and, and somehow reminding ourselves. So those are the three basic things that, that I find is helpful to really, to really experience conversation in, in the way we want it to be experienced. Mm. Especially the, uh, you know, the need that we all have to be understood. And then when you look at conversation, then it becomes like a gift that we can give each other, you know, our, our, uh, understanding of another person. So beyond those three fundamental requirements, you give many more specific suggestions for practicing the art of conversation. Um, one, your number one suggestion is to take the risk of saying what you really think or feel. Um, that sounds like it could be a recipe for an unpleasant conversation, especially when we are with others who might disagree with us. So why is it important to take that risk of expressing what we actually think or feel? Well, again, that, that allows us to really connect with the other person. But I agree that this could be a risk if you think or feel differently. And I, I have finally decided, um, after, of course, years in the academic world of, that I don't want to persuade anyone of anything, that it's enough for me to, to say this is what I think or feel and what is it that you think or feel, and that, again, this idea of a barn raising instead of a battle and that, that somehow we can come up with some, some new answers, um, but that I basically, if somebody says something that's totally opposite of what I think of, is to think, oh, well, that's very interesting. It's like, tell me more. But I think that, that for people to really have a good conversation, everyone has to feel safe and so that they don't feel that they're going to be attacked, they're going to be threatened. And so I think conviviality, you know, even if you're going to disagree, is, is to me the most important thing because, again, for us to remember that it's connection that we want. It's not being right. It's not being the winner. It's not being famous. It's 
connecting with other people is is mm-hmm. is what we're trying to do. And you go into this a bit, but it, that that principle of connectedness is so important in our happiness and our health. It actually is so interesting to me that you know that lack of connection, you know, of living a, a very isolated life is actually a risk factor for our for yes, our health. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So part of any conversation is obviously the listening piece, which we touched on a little bit earlier. Um, but it seems that listening is not really valued in the way that talking is. So how can mm-hmm. we begin, begin to appreciate the art of just listening? And, and how can we get better at it? Well, I think if, if, if we practice it and that we learn to say to people, oh, well, that's a good point. Or, yes, yes, I agree. Or, or I know that when you say that, the other person, in fact, if I want somebody to think, oh, what an intelligent person Cecilia is, all I have to do is listen because that's what makes them feel you're intelligent is because you've listened for the while. Even if you say just a few things to them, you don't have to say much at all. But the other thing is, is I think I really believe in conversation to have equal time that if someone is going on and on and on and on, that they mm-hmm. really have to have somebody break in and, and say, take your time. Because usually if someone else just talks and talks and talks, you go away feeling like bitter, like, mm-hmm. oh, God, they wouldn't let me say anything. And so it's much better than just to feel that, mm-hmm. to really you know, break in and, and, and take your time. But I think the big thing is, is to be convivial, to be congenial, you know, that people are smiling, they're nodding, they're laughing. I think one of the best things you can be is, is like an, an easy laugher that, that, that people feel, you know, when they're having a conversation like, oh, wow, you know, this is something that I really enjoy. Not that this is something that they have to, have to force themselves to go through. Right, which is getting back to um, the the kindness, I think, that we were yeah. uh, on both sides of the conversation that I was talking about as, you know, one of the principles of yoga. So, um, obviously, it makes sense if that we want to have uh, friendly and enjoyable conversations, we do need to learn to speak with, with kindness um, and also to disagree without being disagreeable. So what advice do you have for being more congenial in conversations, especially when we're challenged by people who disagree with us? Well, it, it, it's like, because it, it, it is hard for all of us because we'll, they'll say something and we'll want to argue with it and we'll want to say, point out where they're wrong. And so I find it is, it, it is helpful to say, well, that's a very interesting point and, and I'd really like to know more, you know, how did you come to believe that? You know, how, it's not what are your facts, you know, prove it to me. It's like, you know, what, what are some of your experiences that you've had? And, and then to say in response, well, that's interesting. You know, my experience has, has led me in a different path or my experience has been such and such. And so that, that you really, you, people have to feel safe. They have to feel that they can say something and they have to feel that I, I really like that idea of being kind that that you're going to be kind whatever they say and so then because if you if somebody says something that you disagree with and you start arguing right away usually they just retreat and make it they put up a bigger barrier they go into what they think even stronger than before because they feel like they're being attacked and they have to defend themselves and so that's the thing that 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 we want to try to to you know avoid and so again even, even you know, the nodding and saying, yes, good point, saying those things as you talk with people is, is mm-hmm. very helpful. You know, as we've been speaking, one of the things that occurs to me is since we don't have as many conversations as used to happen, you know, in just society, um, part of it is we're just not accustomed to having conversations. So do you think that some of these things get easier with practice? Oh, that's a, that's a really good point. Yes, they do. They get much easier with practice. And and again, in our schools, if we would just, you know, and I think, you know, obviously good teachers have always done this, um, have, have set it up so people do get to have an experience of conversation. And it's, and particularly, um, conversation about making decisions together. I mean, if there's anything that falls apart in our adult life, it's people getting together and trying to make decisions, and it's very difficult, but we haven't had any training. We haven't had any experience in it, 
And that's, that's what it takes. Um, and so, you know, we always look to our schools to, to solve everything. But this is one thing that schools could do is help people learn to talk with each other, help people learn to listen to each other, to make decisions together, you know, all the way through K-12 and, and college education. And, you know, my mantra is, you know, no more lectures. I just don't want to have to sit and have somebody talk at me for an hour and then say, okay, now I'd like to take questions, and then people get up and they make more little speeches, and you go home not feeling heard at all. So I'm sure, though, the academic world is, is not going to listen to my words of wisdom on this, that unfortunately that's what we learn to do in the academic world. Is, and, and the thing that in the academic world is if you, the whole point is that you're supposed to sound smart, you're supposed to sound intelligent. And the way you do that usually is to be critical and that you say something negative to somebody else and that proves that you are smarter. Well, we somehow have to debunk that because it's so painful and, and so wasteful of, of this time that people could be spending together. Yeah, I was thinking in terms of skills that are getting, that would get better with practice. Things like you, you mentioned earlier, the need to break in. You know, if someone is going on and on, um, and you haven't had a chance to contribute to the conversation, that's a little socially uncomfortable for people mm-hmm. to sort of break in, you know, on what mm-hmm. someone else is saying. Um, but do it with kindness. And I think again, it would get easier as we went along. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. Having conversations with people who don't agree with us, again, I think that is something that we would develop a, um, a level of comfort with, um, with more experience. Well, and it's some interesting of the, some of the skills that you just went over, you know, in terms of active listening, of, of nodding and, you know, saying, you know, yes, or, or that's an interesting point, giving some feedback as the person is talking. Right, 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 right. And, and I, I also think, you know, a lot of people, like, my focus is on bringing people together to talk who already do agree on a lot of things. And mm. it's amazing how difficult it is for even people who agree to talk <laughs> together. And yeah. people, a lot of people say, well, we've got to talk with the people who feel the exact opposite that, mm. as we do, and, and for instance, right now in the election. But I have no desire, really, to talk to somebody who is, is a, a, a radical right person um, but what one could do with them is do things like work together, do a Habitat for Humanity, somehow establish, so it's almost pre-conversation. So I don't particularly advocate, you know, just conversation to try to overcome barriers because that may be too much for us if we can't even talk to people who agree with us. Um, mm. So, But there are other forms of connection, particularly working together, particularly, you know, maybe cooking together, doing things like that where you get to know each other in a, in a different level. So conversation may not always be the answer. So earlier, one of the things that you touched on was uh, that um, it's important when we have conversations to bring enthusiasm, enthusiasm and energy to the conversations, which seems like it would be a, a natural in that it would be more interesting to, uh, you know, to speak with someone who was enthusiastic about it. But lots of us shy away from speaking with passion, from really being honest about what we're passionate about. So why is it important to learn to speak with the energy and enthusiasm, and how can we get better at it? Well, essentially, I think people want to feel excited about something. They want to feel a sense of energy and enthusiasm. But we're kind of trained in this culture not to. We're trying to, trained to you know, hold back and not say what we really think or feel because then you'd be revealing who you are. And so... We, 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 we learn to, to speak kind of without enthusiasm and energy. And I think it also has to do with this idea that, well, I've got to be very successful. I've got to grow up and I've got to be, have a really important job and I've got to earn lots of money that very deeply in this culture we think that if we're rich, we'll be happy. And at least the happiness research is showing these days that, right. no, that's not true. After a certain point, more money does not make people happier. In mm-hmm. fact, it can make them less happy because they're thinking about money all the time instead of people. And so we learn then to hide our feelings because to win, you have to hide what you're thinking and feeling. And I think the other thing is is that people are always trying to be successful. And when you're successful, you may not be doing something that makes you feel happy and enthusiastic and excited. Mm-hmm. 
You may be doing something that makes you feel bored, but you feel you have to do it to be a success. So doing more stuff that you like to do is very, very helpful in becoming enthusiastic and energetic. I actually liked the little story that you told in your book about, you know, how you you had developed that skill of focusing on things that you wanted to do and sort of dropping things that you didn't want to do. And so your friends actually would call you to sort of have you give them permission to say no. Right. <laughs> exactly. That, exactly. I thought, wow, why did I they... get this, this, this reputation for being a slacker? All right, and with that, we're coming to our next break. You're listening to The Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien. Today's guest is Cecile Andrews, community educator and author of the book, Living Room Revolution, a handbook for conversation, community, and the common good. You can learn more about Cecile and her work at ceceleandrews.com, and that's C-E-C-I-L-E, andrews.com. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. Please stay with us. We'll be right back to explore what becomes possible when we practice conscious and caring conversation. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Somewhere. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. You're listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the yoga hour at unityonlineradio.org and we will respond now back to the yoga hour welcome back to the yoga hour i'm dr laurel trujillo sitting in for the yoga hours regular host yogacharya ellen grace o'brien my guest today is Cecile Andrews, community educator and the author of Living Room Revolution, as well as other books, including Slow is Beautiful and Circle of Simplicity. You can learn about Cecile, Cecile and her books at ceceleandrews.com. And in this segment, we're going to turn to discussing what becomes possible when we practice conscious and caring conversation. 
So, Cecile, in the midst of our busy lives, it's easy to discount the importance of just talking to each other without a particular goal to achieve or task to accomplish. Let's look at some ways in which conversations matter, how they do matter, and how they improve our lives and promote the common good. So, let's start with the individual. How do conversations help individuals? Well, again, I I keep coming back to this, that the research on well-being and people's health and happiness is connection with other people. And conversation is the most basic way to connect with other people. And it's it's incredible that people don't realize this, again, that they think that, you know, if they're rich, they'll be happy. If they're, you know, if they're number one, they'll be happy. And it's not true. And, and it's so difficult to get that across to people. So conversation is like this basic, basic tool um, that helps people be happy and I feel like, how do we get this idea out? And, you know, and things like you're doing today and having this conversation on the radio helps, but I think it's just a difficult because it's so basic, um, but somehow we have to get the idea out because mm-hmm. it helps people connect. And also, when you're talking with other people and having a conversation, you yourself learn what you think or feel. One of the reasons when I'm giving a, a presentation or a workshop that I have people talk to each other first is because it's kind of like a rough draft, and and you don't just have to speak out. That as you talk, you learn what you think, and mm-hmm. that some people find that when they write, they learn what they think. But conversation is is even more. And then of course, conversation. Like I get all my best ideas for new books to read, or movies <laughs> to see, or you know, right. restaurants to go to. That's where you really get them, and so. It's just really important for your well-being, your happiness, and your health to have that, to have conversation. So one of the things you mentioned in the book is that there's been this decline over the last, I think you say, 30 or 40 years in many, you know, markers, you know, picnics, uh, dinners with friends, you know, getting together. So how do conversations promote community since a lot of those things are really markers, you know, for community? and, And why is community important? Well, again, this is so hard to get across to people that community is important. But it's becoming clear. And, in fact, the, the, the Pope's encyclical on really on climate change links climate change with, with caring about poor people. And people think, well, how are those linked? But we're not going to make it as a civilization, uh, as a world, as a people, unless people begin to care and that they feel this sense that we, we – are all in this together, that we, we need each other, that we have to be interdependent. And so community is absolutely vital. We will not survive without it. But it's not just a big thing, but it's all sorts of little ways that we have community. I mean, you, you increase, you improve things. If Like you're just in a, a knitting group. You know, you're, right. you're just there and you're sitting and you're talking with people. They find that that helps your health and happiness. And what it does is it makes you feel part of something larger than yourself and right. that you begin to care about this, 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 this people that you don't know, that it's more than just caring about people that you know. And so that's what community does. It gives you a sense of being recognized, cared for. You feel safer and, and you're more likely to get things done. So it's like, wow. Community is, is really important, and conversation is, is the basic part of community. Yes, earlier I was touching on the, you know, the studies that have shown the health benefits of, you know, of being with other people in different activities and any activity that meets regularly. So if it's a bowling league or, as you're saying, a knitting group, I mean, it doesn't have to be aerobic exercise to impact your right. health. You know, just that connection with people is, yeah. is so important. So, Let's turn to this idea of you know, the common good, because I, I really love that you touched on that in your book, um, this idea that we hold things in common you know, with each other, and, and that conversations help to promote that. So talk a little bit about that. Well, the common good, again, it kind of goes against everything we've learned in this culture that get what you want for yourself, you know, every man for himself. You know, and that, what that leads to is last man standing. If all we do is every man for himself, then then we just fight to the finish, and there's just one person left standing. So we have to understand that our common good is what's important. That 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 we realize that we're all in this together, 
and and w- you can see common good um, right now. People think you know we don't need any government, we don't need any. But for instance, right now in Washington State and in California, fighting the fires. Mm-hmm. This is something that we could not do on our own. You mm-hmm. can't go out and just fight your own fire. You have to come together with other people. And there are all sorts of things like that in this culture, and particularly right now with climate change and with what's happening to the environment, that that's our common good, that it belongs to all of us, and that we all need to take care of it. And it's not just that we go out and try to get what we want for ourselves. You don't let other people's places burn down while you protect your own. It's like we, it, It's obvious that if you let other people's places burn, it will burn your house down too. Mm-hmm. And so common good is... Is for everyone, and so again, um, you know, to, to for people to learn that it begins begins in conversation. And when I use the quote, "democracy begins in conversation," it's like conversation really is democracy because you're 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 coming together and 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 you're you're planning things together and you're treating each other as equals and and you're coming together to 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 make something better. And essentially, that's what democracy is, is working together as equals to, to do something for the common good. So these are incredibly important ideas, and yet they look, again, just so mundane and so, you know, oh, hum, but they're the most important things there are. And so mm-hmm. conversation can lead us to all of those things. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we haven't had a chance really to touch on, so let's see if we can do it just briefly, is obviously there's been this huge rise in social media, um, which I see from from the conversation perspective as kind of both, you know, good and bad. Um, One of the things that it allows us to do is to reach out and um, there's been some amazing stories, you know, of people reaching towards each other, you know, into a community based on something that happened online. Um, But then on the other hand, it also decreases our ability to talk with each other um, face to face. Yeah, and I think that's, this is a conversation that we have to keep having. You know, what role should social media play for us? Yes, it's going to be there. And so... We need to shape it, and it can lead to to more conversation. It can lead to more community. An incredible article in the New York Times this last week about this Italian village that had their own Facebook page, and they got to know each other via Facebook that they'd never gotten to know each other, just passing each other in the street. But it led to this incredible sense of community. So I think that we have to keep this conversation alive. Like, Mm -hmm. what is the purpose of social media? How do we use it to its best ability? And that, that we don't just let it go in whatever direction that it wants to go. But it is, it is important. It is another tool um, to use for, for, for conversation and community. So I think that's really important to, to say, yes, it can be helpful, but we have to be conscious about it and not just, just be overwhelmed and addicted to it. So as we come now to the end of the program, I wanted to give you a minute or so to uh, share your last thoughts about what is it that makes you hopeful as you look toward the future? Well, I'm hopeful because conversation is something everyone can do. I view it as essential to social change. I view it as essential to, first of all, personal change. And so people might be motivated because they know it will change them. But what happens is they get changed. They begin to care for the greater good. They begin to care for the common good. And everyone feels more satisfied and happy and sense of well-being when they have a sense of meaning in their lives, when they feel they're making a difference. Nobody can be happy if, it's, if they're just selfish. And so conversation allows them to, to realize as conversation changes them and they get more involved, then they, they are going to make a difference for the world. And the, the, the great thing is, is this is really our true nature. It's not like learning something that's foreign to us. Everyone can do it. It's right there for everyone to use. And it's our true nature, and it makes us happy. And so I think that this is what's going to help us change the world and and save things. And that we go out and we, you know, I believe in talking randomly, talking to everyone you meet, talking about the things in a positive way, getting people excited, and most of all, enjoying uh, talking with other people because you enjoy yourself, and they feel valued and treasured, and they're more likely to to want to help in, in saving the common good. So... I think there is hope, and conversation is one of the routes. 
Just lovely, lovely little encapsulation of our whole conversation. So you've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. We've been discussing the Yoga of Sacred Conversation with special guest Cecile Andrews, community educator and author of the book Living Room Revolution, a handbook for conversation, community, and the common good. You can learn more about Cecile and her work at ceceleandrews.com, and her name is spelled C-E-C-I-L-E, andrews.com. Thank you again so much, Cecile, for joining us. Oh, thank you. That was great. That was just great. Thank you. We had a great, authentic conversation. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. Next week, Yogacharya O'Brien will be hosting the program with guest Daniel Rechtsoffen, author of The Way of Mindful Education, Cultivating Well-Being in Teachers and Students. Tune in to discover how mindfulness is an invitation to authenticity. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. CSE welcomes people from all backgrounds who are seeking self and God realization, a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. CSE World Headquarters is located in San Jose, California, where worship services, meditation instruction, Kriya Yoga teachings, Hatha Yoga classes, and many other things are offered. You can learn more about Center for Spiritual Enlightenment at csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes. I look forward to being with you again when Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all that you meet. Thanks again, Cecile, and thank you, Jeff, in the sound room. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Cerce points out in her book, Do Greater Things, there is the potential for joy, wholeness, and expansiveness designed into every moment. And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to change. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity.
Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today 